Yeah, th- this is literally the scariest part. I get nervous whenever we start recording oh. just because I know it's like oh, there's no going back now. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> We're now we are now discussing and it is recorded and this could be the cold open. Yeah. For a season. Like a so no pressure. Oh. Yeah, you're Kathleen, you're starting off the season. How do you feel about that? Um uh, I mm, I was considering hanging up and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just left right now? Can't drop the cat drop, yeah. As you said. Meow. I'm Hank Farr. And I'm Bradley Miller. And this is No Good Ideas. In this podcast, we talk about all sorts of bad ideas throughout history and pop culture. From lousy leadership decisions to PR disasters, we're gonna talk about it all, really. And maybe throw a cat out of a, a airplane along the way. Whoa! Spoiler alert! And yeah, that brings us to today's episode and season premiere, guys. We made it to season three. Can you believe it? We got renewed by we got renewed God Himself. God came down and said, "Yo, I need more of this." He said, "I'm doing a second coming, but this isn't the last one. We're gonna do a third one." Mm-hmm. I just had to renew this podcast real quick. Okay, I'm going back up now. I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys in in 2385. All right, that was a really good God impression. Yeah, and thank you. <laughs> the craziest thing about this is that not only is it the season premiere, but it's a little family affair. You know, we yeah. got Hank Farr, and do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Kathleen Farr. I'm Hank Farr's sister. It's so crazy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know. Welcome to the pod. Thanks. Yeah. Happy to be here. She's here because it's this is releasing in the Christmas season. It's Advent. Uh, We're recording this on day six of Advent. It'll be day something else of Advent by the time this releases. And for Christmas, you hang out with family. So that's why we're bringing Mm -hmm. family on. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. Definitely not because I'm an earth science major. (laughs) I mean, we're not talking about earth science. True. In this it's, episode. Well, we're talking about cat science. Yeah. Oh, my favorite kind of science. Or yeah. So you think. So here's the thing. On this podcast, generally we choose a topic and then one of us researches it to talk about in the episode. So this topic was suggested by Kathleen. This is why she's the guest. And she told me a story. Kathleen, really quick, tell me this story about Cat Drop. Recount it to me. And to the audience, as you told it to me when you first suggested we do an episode on it. Oh, goodness. Um, Okay. So Cat Drop was a basically a disaster that was caused by dropping. um, It was what was it? It was like um, DDT. Hold on. It was DDT. They they dropped DDT. Nice. Did on your own. um, To kill mosquitoes that were giving everyone malaria. And... Uh, so they got rid of the mosquitoes with the malaria, but then all the lizards that ate the mosquitoes got DDT and with biomagnification, which basically means more of DDT in every single animal as each animal ate the other one got up and all the cats died. Um, and all the lizards died that ate these, uh, roof eating, like roaches or caterpillars or something and so yeah and so all the roofs started falling um and because there were no cats to eat the rats um there ended up being a little outbreak of the plague um whoa yeah so (laughs) so they dropped so they decided to fix this problem um they dropped cats from planes 
um, to help resolve the rat problem. Cats on parachutes. Yep. And that's the episode, everybody. Thank you for that's tuning in. Let's get into bad idea, well, good idea of the week. <laughs> so here's the thing. I researched this. This story is a commonly known story about the adverse effects of DDT. It Can I been... chime in for a second? Yes. It is not commonly known. <laughs> I had no idea that this was uh, a thing. But it kind of is. And I'll get to why. This story was widely reported in the late 60s, early 70s. And it was actually referenced in a presentation to the U.S. Senate on why DDT should be outlawed. Now, I researched it. I read a whole research paper on this. I normally use Wikipedia. I read a freaking paper on this story. And that story that Kathleen just told is the, you know, the iceberg meme? That's the, that's the top part. This story goes way deeper because this story is bullshit. What? It's most likely almost entirely embellished. So this story is going to be a learning experience about the dude who embellished it. Okay, so hold on. Hold on. So we bring on your sister, who has been nothing but nice this entire time. You say, hey, sister, who I love dearly, can you please just recap this story for us? And you're like, sure. And then you read it. And then Hank, you're like, we're going to spend the entire episode talking about why you're wrong. But that's the thing. that's what so that's, I'm getting. That's what's interesting rude. about it is because it's it, it's it makes sense. It's a story that makes sense, and it mm-hmm. is you know it's widely accepted as real. So there's not it's it's not commonly known thing that the story is fake. So let's go back. Let's go back to actually the origins of testing of DDT in yeah. 1955 by the World Health Organization. This is probably going to be a bad time to talk about the World Health Organization d- testing something and it failing and causing adverse health effects for people uh, yeah. with the current information environment, but we got to do it for the sake of the story. Okay, so, this, was, like, this was the 60s. Let's clarify yeah, things. This, is the, when was this? Yeah. this was the 60s. Dude, they would do anything. They would like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they just did shit for fun. They were like, yeah. Let's let's try it. Why not? You know? <laughs> yeah. Who's so going to tell us? Vibe. So <laughs> basically, before I go on, get your vaccine. Get, get the vaccine. Uh, anyway. Get shot. Get, get, shot. get, get a get shot. shot. Get a shot. Get no, shot in don't, the arm. Don't get, get shot. Get a shot. No, get shot. It's funnier that way. So yeah. malaria eradication was initiated by the World Health Organization in 1955, they had found evidence that the use of DDT decreased the global death rate from malaria. So, testing took place from 1952 to 1955 in Sarawak, Malaysia, where DDT and BHC, which is another similar chemical, were sprayed inside a village longhouse uh, in Sarawak, which it was a thatch-roofed buildings and housed upward of 100 families. Spraying was noted to have left a, a visible white residue on the wall. So this wasn't dropped DNT. This was they would go in and spray it inside. So they would do it inside because mosquitoes that uh, delivered malaria to people would land on the inside walls of the building. So they were spraying it indoors. Uh, during the 21 month test period, mosquitoes carrying malaria dropped from 35.6 percent of mosquitoes to 1.6 percent of mosquitoes. And so the WHO stated that complete eradication could be expected in the near future. Grand success. We got rid of malaria. Nice. Let's celebrate. So, yeah, let's celebrate. We're good. Let's spray the everywhere. Of malaria mosquitoes by way of DDT had multiple intended consequences. So this is all documented stuff. 
by the WHO and research teams. Locals were resistant to the spraying uh, when they would go in because they had to do it twice a year. Locals were resistant to it because they didn't like the discoloration of their walls. I thought that was funny. Um, they, you know, it's, it's ruining their house. It's messing up the, the, the work they've done. Uh, mosquitoes would evolve to be not affected by the insecticide. That's how things goes. Evolution. That's how it works. Um, in an early test in 1946 in British Guinea, the mosquito which fed on humans that gave them the malaria was effectively exterminated. The human population exploded by 68% in, by 1964. Thus, more land became used for rice cultivation and less for cattle. And because there was less cattle to feed on, the mosquitoes, which normally fed on animals, turned their attention to humans, and then malaria came back. Uh, and then, this one's the one that we know about with the story, cats were an early victim of DDT. Barn cats would lick the spray residue off of their fur and their paws and die within a few days because of it. So it wasn't through eating other animals that these cats would um, die. It was that they would just get DDT on them because they were indoors. They were indoor cats, so they kept the rats out indoors. So then this is research stuff. And then there's a widely spread story in the late 60s. So here's how it... It had a lot of different iterations, and we'll get to that. But here's how it generally went. The Dyaks in Borneo received uh, spray testing in the early 1950s, and the mosquitoes were effectively wiped out. However, the DDT killed a kind of parasitic wasp that ate a certain kind of caterpillar. These caterpillars ate the thatched roofs of the Dyaks with no wasps to kill them. Their population exploded, and the Dyaks' roofs began caving in. Uh, the lizards also ate... Um, these wasps so and then the lizards were eaten by the cats so this is what kathleen was saying you know this is the story yeah. that you know this is the known story um yeah. it's like a russian nesting doll of disease of disease yes. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it yeah. literally was <laughs> and um so the cats would die from eating the infected lizards and then the rat population exploded and exposed the dyaks to sylvatic plague and typhus and so the who to solve the problem they had caused dropped in crates of cats uh with parachutes so this is generally how it goes, but it was reported with a lot of discrepancies. Uh, some people said, some reporting said that it was actually Dieldrin, which was a different, similar insecticide, not DDT. And some of them said that 14,000 cats were involved, which that's no a way. lot of cats. <laughs> how do you get 14,000 cats? Almost we'll impressive. Find, we're going to find out how we got 14,000 cats. Where do they get 14,000 cats? They're just kind of, oh, yeah, we've got a pile of cats over here. Let's drop them in there. Yeah. It's like a Minecraft. There's a big issue with this. (laughs) All of the printing of this story is from the late 1960s, and it either has no reference or it claims to have heard it from somebody else. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not a single one of these stories, like, has any of these. But through some documentation, and this is what this research paper ended up primarily being about, despite saying it was going to be about DDT stuff, it was so interesting reading it, is that they basically tracked it down to originating from this guy named Tom Harrison. So, Tom Harrison was a Royal Air Force uh, dropper, so he was a parachuter, and um, then, once he was done in the military, 
he wanted to go into science. So he became a uh, ornithologist, anthropologist. There's a couple more that I can't remember the names. I didn't write them in my notes. Scientist words. I think he geologist might have been one of them, actually. Um, Was he a paleontologist? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he's yeah. doing a bunch of science mm-hmm. stuff. And he goes into Borneo. And he comes out of Borneo with the story of Cat Drop. Now, <laughs> this is what it's funny. Let's talk about Tom Harrison. Oh, wait. No, never mind. I did have it written down. Okay. So sociologist, archaeologist, not paleontologist. Uh, um, and then anthropologist. That could have derailed our entire story. Right yeah, there. I could have if, if I had gotten that wrong. Got to mm-hmm. keep the facts right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Tom Harrison was a serial bullshitter. Oh. His obituary states verbatim, his publications were the petrol pumps that fueled his ego and that sometimes his intuition tempted him to make dangerous imaginative leaps. Damn, someone did him dirty in his obituary. <laughs> oh, my God. They said, let's Dang. just roast him. He can't defend himself. What's he going to do? <laughs> right back in a research paper? Jeez. <laughs> and, like, in doing so, explained why none of this guy's research should be listened to because he makes dangerous imaginative leaps such as 14,000 cats. And also, he really liked to be edgy and piss people off just to do it. His biography is titled The Most Offending Soul Alive. Wow. (laughs) And he wrote that himself? I I know, it's not an autobiography. Okay, okay. that's even worse. It really Someone is. was just like, "Hey, yeah, we got we got to tell it like it is. Like this guy didn't." Yeah, <laughs> brother. So this guy, after he died, or whenever this was written, he's getting roasted for being an edgy d bag. He he was just like that. Like, uh, yeah, he was just a, he would be a jerk to people just to to get a reaction, and he would write these crazy outlandish stories. And he's the only source for Cat Drop. The story was given credence by a entomologist, uh, Gordon Conway, who worked in Sarawak in the early 1960s. His version of the story was actually where the thatch-eating caterpillars part of it originated. That wasn't in Tom Harrison's story originally. Um, however, he so he said that he could like give credence to that story. But he wasn't in Borneo during the time of cat drop, alleged alleged cat drop. So basically, he was just saying, oh, yeah, I, I can accredit to this. But all he knew is what he t- heard from Tom Harrison once again. So Tom Harrison is the only source for this. Despite the fact that there should have been, you know, pilots and maybe other people involved in like a WHO documentation and stuff. So... There's still evidence that this probably happened in some capacity, but maybe not in the same way that he told it and of the same massive scale that he talked about. Um, There are there is documentation of specific crates meant for parachuting cats and chickens into the jungle uh, in the Royal Air Force. And the New York Times had reported other instances of similar things to cat drops and dropping cats into the jungle to fight rats as well as Beaver Drop in California. Uh, in 1955, they dropped beavers in parachutes into California to improve the ecosystem. So this isn't an outlandish thing. 
that it is. Can we be can we be clear? This is very much outlandish. I think I think the most ridiculous part is that you're dropping it from the sky. Like you could just go there in a jeep and release them from cages, but they felt the need to drop yeah. them in parachutes, which is More bizarre. Fun. Well, they, it is more fun, but to what yeah. cost? Because it's not like at Yellowstone they you know dropped wolves from the sky. They just let them go, and they were like, "Let's fix the ecosystem like that." <laughs> Are you sure though? We need to look into that to see because that feels like that's probably happened at some point. All right, let's Maybe. look. I mean, I could look. We could look into it more. One of our famous bits researching during the podcast. <laughs> I, yeah, this is honestly. I was pretty proud of the fact that I took copious notes here and mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to have to Wikipedia it during the podcast. But now that the conversation moved on to other theories, we're doing it again. You guys can't escape yeah. it. It's season three. We are never going to stop doing this officially. No, this is permanent. Yeah. This okay. Is a permanent fix well, thing. so. All right. There was a wolf drop um, in 2019 with Canadian wolves going into uh, Lake Superior's Isle Royal National Park in Michigan. I thought you were just going to say Lake Superior. And it's like, did they just <laughs> drop wolves into the <laughs> What a swimming lesson. Jeez. <laughs> just like just some like C-130 pilot that hates wolves. Fuck you guys! Opens the hatch. What the hell is it? Just like you ever wonder what would happen if you dropped a wolf in Lake Superior from a plane? They were like, testing I feel to like that's what happened. Fish I feel like that's what happens when you give someone who grew up playing Zoo Tycoon too much power. That's just <laughs> so true. That's just what happened. Uh, Kathleen, do you remember uh, playing Zoo Tycoon with our babysitter Jesse in Tennessee? Yes. Yeah, and we would just be like. Please open the lion's gates, please. <laughs> like, we would, we would no, beg her I'm to destroy to everything game. that she had done. We would be like, we'd be like, it looks so all the guests are happy. We'd be like, dude, let the gorillas out. <laughs> Delete all the bathrooms. There is no That's- exit anymore. No, crash cans. <laughs> That's the best part of any tycoon game. I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but dang it, we're going to talk about it again. Tycoon games, like you could play it two ways. One, you can like make it perfect, like the best park. You could spend hours. Or I grew up playing um roller coaster tycoon, or you can just make it so everyone dies. Like you can set up all your roller coasters to like go off the rail right in front of like a busy path you can like my favorite one was in the very corner of the park to make a little island and have like what like one cotton candy stand and one bathroom that costs ten dollars to use and whenever you see someone who doesn't like the park you just drag them over there (laughs) that's how you properly play it because no I want to know if there's any person that's ever endeavored to make a mediocre park in any of the tycoon games. Like, it's not perfect and it's not super shitty. It's just like, there's just not quite enough bathrooms. I feel like that's just <laughs> what a 10-year-old does. Like, a 10-year-old that's trying to make a good park just makes a mediocre one because they don't really understand what yeah, but they're you not should actually do. To. Has anybody said... True. I'm going to make like ever. I cannot imagine anybody doing it. I'm going to make one of those parks that are outside of Disneyland, like right across the street (laughs) where it's like a merry-go-round and like a half broken down roller coaster. That's the park I'm going to build. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, just, yeah. You you put in like, you know, 200 square feet or something, just like this tiny little thing. That's it. You're, You're good. 
That's there the are some maps. I mean, to still stay on the Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> banter, uh, there are some maps you can download online that are like super small maps, and you mm-hmm. have to like work within there. And I've played those, Ooh. and those are pretty fun. That sounds but cool. yeah, you have to just make a really a roller coaster tower sounds pretty sick. Have yeah. you guys ever gone to roller coaster parks on Roblox? I don't play Roblox. Kathleen, nobody plays Roblox except for you and your friends. Dude, it's so funny. People will stand on the track and the and the roller coaster won't move through them. So they'll just be little shithead kids that jump on the tracks, make it so nobody can go ever. And just stand there and be like, watch this. And you're I feel like there's actually the- I, I looked actually looked I looked this up. There's an easy way to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go into settings, you can press the quit button and then you're out of there entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. You don't have I, to deal with these annoying kids. <laughs> I think the best. Well, my problem is that I deliberately go to games that say they're broken in the title. <laughs> what? Did they admit that in the title? Yeah. Some of them will be like, this is not good. Like it is very broken. You're like, sign me up right now. <laughs> Get me in there. Because that's where you find the, the gold. No Good Ideas will be right back. Anyway, so animals dropping from planes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get off Ro- Roblox. Go back to animals dropping from planes. I mean, that's kind of the story. Um, the kind of discussion point of this research paper that I read was basically about it's like, hey, we've got a story that is well known as an example for why you shouldn't use DDT. And you shouldn't use DDT. It does kill cats. It does cause big issues in the ecosystem. We shouldn't use it. But one of the primary anecdotes that's used to point it out is bullshitted by a Royal Air Force uh, parachute guy. British (laughs) people. It's like, yeah, once again. That's the real bad idea all along. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually, (laughs) yeah. I think it's fascinating because the reason we learned about cat drop, I actually learned it in my um, junior year of high school, IB Environmental Systems and Society. Um, oh my God, there it you was, go. It was for um, talking about biomagnification was actually the context of why we learned it. Um, because it's like, you know, a little mosquito has DDT, but then when a lizard eats it, it, it is very much so affected by it and it continues to grow in each animal and kills each one. And so we learned about how toxins in the environment do that. Um, so I wonder, I, I just, it's fast. That's the thing is that that part of the story is one of the parts that seems less feasible because the death of the cats because of the indoor spraying was generally found to be just direct. That is, that is something that I am bewildered by yeah. just because we did learn that it was because you know mosquito, yeah. i'm sure lizard. that biomagnification yeah. is still very real <laughs> and that they've found they're not just running off like some raf dude came out and was like hey the the toxin got bigger in each animal and they were like that's theory we're not going to test it anymore that's how it is now <laughs> i mean you know you could take a bold stance a bad idea but yeah, it's a bad idea, which is, you know, a little bit of what we specialize in here. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's really interesting because that's not where I expected my research to go. I expected my research to be like, oh, yeah, they dropped in this many cats. And like, wouldn't you believe it? 
they had funny looking crates or something or like some dude said something funny but it was no it's like <laughs> these cats were so ugly the ddt fucked them up <laughs> it's so fucking weird they're bl- like blue fur <laughs> but no is that tom harrison is a bullshitter and ev- everybody around him sought to take him down after his death <laughs> i'm just gonna say tom harrison is my least favorite beetle i'm just gonna say it <laughs> you got all four beetles and then you got the dude in the back that's just like wandered on backstage and is just kind of making shit up as he goes yeah that's basically what the documentary says oh did you watch the the documentary the i've watched one? a little bit of the first one what documentary I, uh, the Beatles get back on Disney Plus. Thank you. <laughs> um, I watched a little bit of the first one. It's just pretty slow. I have a coworker who is like really into the Beatles. Like he was in the top zero point zero five percent of Beatles listeners on oh Spotify. Gosh, yeah, that is it, like that's how much Beatles he listens to. That's... And he said that like if you aren't that into the Beatles, you could skip to the third one, and it's like a full documentary that you would enjoy. Okay, instead of watching nine hours of them just kind of diddling around. Interesting. That's wow, because a lot of people listen to the Beatles mm-hmm. like I was top point one percent of listeners of C418 and not that many people listen to him regularly. And I was in the top point one percent. If he was in point zero five of the Beatles, he was like like nonstop then. Right. Yeah, probably. I was in I, I mean, I don't want to out myself, but I told you this. There's a band called Lawrence. They're very good. They've been my good idea on this podcast, maybe once, maybe twice. Yeah. Um, I was in their top 0.005% That's crazy. of their listeners. And um, apparently at where I work, I work at a TV station where there's it's I like help out with this TV show. <laughs> and they went over the entire crew's Spotify wrapped. That's awesome. And they mentioned that I was in the top 0.005% <laughs> on TV. And that got broadcasted to a lot of people. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, yeah, one so of that, my, that's cool. One of my friends, he was in the 0.001% of um, this artist, Tyler Childers. Childers? I don't know how to say his name. Never heard him. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's that's big time fan. That's how do like, you do that? And this dude, I'm pretty sure he has like this. three million monthly listeners or something like that. Like he's a pretty popular oh. guy. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. we Jeez. there needs to be a proper leaderboard on Spotify. Yeah, that, that just like you got to know if you're number one, because you want to know if that guy's number one. I want to see the right. top listener. I want to know who's getting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we go kill him. <laughs> yeah. Him. yeah kill him. him some part you of- listen to too much of this guy no because i figured out with the, my top like artist there's about five thousand people who listen to lawrence more than i do so mm. i'm a, i'm in that kind of category oh yeah interesting yeah i mm. want to calculate what it is for me yeah mm-hmm. i was in like the top point zero five percent of um What's his name? Really not good that I don't know his name. It's Hans Zimmer. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. I, that's a that's a pretty good person to be in the top listener of. He's pretty famous. He's made some yeah. relatively. I know a lot of people stuff. who has Hans Zimmer on their like Spotify wrapped. Yeah. yeah. Except I do not appreciate his. I'm sorry, Hans Zimmer. If you're listening, I'm pro- I doubt. Big but fan. like if you if you are, 
Um, I'm so sorry, but you need to get a new picture because you have a very smug, but judgmental look and it picture the picture that it shows you on your Spotify rep is your face when it's your top artist. And so yeah. it's like, he's looking at you and he's, you know, just like old judging man, you. black and white picture. He's judging me. And it's very, <laughs> so I'd appreciate it if you would get a kinder photo of yourself, like conducting or something, you know, so I'm not looking you in the eyes when I read my Spotify rap. Yeah. Hop on that Hans. <laughs> yeah, go on. Just get it. Just take Just take an old man selfie, you know, kind of get it like a little bit too close to your face and like right below your nose and have some crappy backlighting. Yes. Or it, like, if, yes. If you can't do that, just go into a pickup truck and wear sunglasses and take a photo <laughs> and you're all good. <laughs> Head on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one's got to be from too high up. Yeah. You got to have the camera like up above your head and you you occupy the bottom half of the frame. But right. it looks like you're looking underneath the phone. <laughs> exactly. You're taking you're looking at your wrist while you take the picture. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's only two ways to do it. That's that's literally the two options for a person that was born long before the advent of telephone photography and is trying to take a picture on Facebook. Also make sure it's on an Android camera. Really blurry. Yeah. Really, really gross. One megapixel, maybe. Yeah. One pixel. If you can compress it. Yeah. Dude, Hans Zimmer, please compress your profile photo. (laughs) (laughs) If your profile picture can just be so compressed, it's beige. That'd be great. Dude, can you put it through like a thousand Instagram filters through 2016 (laughs) to now? Like whatever that it was called lo-fi or something. Blue the blue tint one and then get in there with some Melbourne and then sepia and then vignette vignette then crank up the saturation do the whole thing again if you could put that into picnic and then edit it with a bunch of text that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) am I too old does no one here use picnic I I know you're okay so Kathleen you know I'm talking about okay good yes I know you're a few years younger than me like maybe two ish Mm -hmm. right Three, three two three yeah Okay, I I didn't know if I was at the cutoff point of picnic. Mm. I don't I don't remember picnic. Picnic was just like early Photoshop, but it was just like filters and text, and that was yeah. About it. Oh, okay. Have you seen anyone's profile picture from 2013 when they were in middle school? They used picnic. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. Most of us try pretty hard to hide those. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> sometimes I am very grateful. Well, not sometimes. All the time, I'm very grateful that I waited until my senior year of high school to make a Facebook. And it was just so that I could interact with college Facebook groups. And I haven't gone back in a year and a half because you lucked out. That was, (laughs) that was the move of the century. Yeah. Yeah. Big play. That, Mm -hmm. that waiting to make a Facebook until you're an adult might just be today's good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Are, Are you saying it's wait, do you have a question for us? Uh, no, it's OK if you don't. Not really. I mean, this, <laughs> what if this, we just phase out the question of the episode? I feel like this the season? question of the day is kind of it's it's better replaced by the uh, the good idea and a bad idea for the day thing. So I think that we're going to season three is the death of the question of the day of, yeah. the, of the podcast thing. Rest in peace. Maybe Bradley can edit in some sad uh, funeral music as Fine. this this segment uh, floats off towards the waterfall and we shoot the flaming arrow into it 
and it gets yeah. the proper podcast Viking funeral that it deserves. Bradley, put like the um, children cheering and clapping. <laughs> no, no, it's not a happy thing. It's not. A ha- Why is everyone cheering? Why is there a jet flyover? What's going on? No, the car. <laughs> Steph, is there? Is that a marching band coming down? Is everyone, did everyone hate this segment? What's going on? Did that many people care about this podcast? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that feels fitting. Do you want to get to our good idea, bad ideas? Yeah. So, Kathleen, what we always do at the end of the episode is we talk about uh, our good idea or a bad idea for the week. So I think that yours, Kathleen, could be waiting to make a Facebook because that was your good idea of the century, Mm -hmm. if not the week. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I'd say that's my good idea of the week. Um, Yeah. Does my bad idea have to be one of my own? You could do. You don't even have to have a bad yeah, idea. It could be a one. good or a bad idea. Yeah, if you've got if a you, bad if idea, if you have to, us. feel free to go. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be like simple as like, oh, I saw a good movie recently. That's my good idea. Or it could be like, I hated this movie. That's my bad idea. It doesn't have to be a movie, but you get what I'm saying. My good idea is wait until you're very, very old to make a Facebook, but not too old. Once you get senile, you got to delete that. Yeah, yeah don't have it once you're put too it down. Old. That's the that's yeah. the <laughs> put it down. Yeah, then you're going to do some say and do some bad things. Yes, mm-hmm. and learn some things that aren't true and believe no. some things that you shouldn't believe. Yes. Yeah, and then also share like videos of like conservative magicians. Yeah, <laughs> you, you comment. Do they comment on a video that you do not think your relatives will see? They see yeah. it. Yeah, they see it. That's the biggest thing. That's something I had to tell my dad. That if you comment on something, no matter what it is, people are going to see it. It's not private. It's not a text message. He didn't comment like terrible stuff, but it's just we have to tell him like (laughs) people see it, you know? Yeah. You got to think about that. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, oh, this is just like my buddy Eric. He is the worst. (laughs) This happened to my buddy Eric. You won't believe it. Guys, just won't. It happened exactly <laughs> the same as my buddy Eric. And then you tag his Facebook account. <sighs> okay. Hey, we got to move on with these good. Yeah. Thank you for your good idea, bad ideas. Those are fantastic. Uh, Hank, do you have any good or bad ideas? Uh, my good idea actually for today was going to be do just like check out your Spotify rap with your friends. I mean, yeah. we've already kind of discussed that, but like I just I think it's kind of cool how fun of an event Spotify wrapped is because music is very personal to everybody. So seeing what all of your friends are interested in and enjoy is a really fun thing. And I found that it's a great conversation piece and bit of enjoyment for me and my friends. And I would recommend that if you have the chance to do it, you should too, because it's, it's really fun. Let me and obligatory. We have to mention uh, one Spotify doesn't pay artists. Well, the amount that they deserve, uh, they are yeah. severely underpaid. Such a, so yeah. I, I I did the math. Apparently, all the streams that I did for Lawrence uh, paid them five bucks. So that's messed up. Woo! Anyway, uh, uh, wow. next, uh, the Spotify uh, unwrapped, whatever it is, is really fun. But the story featured was stolen by an intern who wasn't given credit. So we have to uh, acknowledge that the story premise of it was stolen. Uh, but other than that, okay. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I will say also is if you listen to Spotify and throughout the year and you think to yourself, well, this look good on a Spotify wrapped. 
and you don't listen to songs you like because you're worried about your Spotify wrapped, I'm sorry, but you're, you're, yeah, you're like, it's yeah. You, you yeah. need to just let yourself listen to your music. Find other people who enjoy the same music as you. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. also when this is dropping, we're in the Spotify purge season. We're what? in the moment between Spotify rap that drops and the beginning of the next year. So nothing that you listen, like everything that you listen to in this moment doesn't count towards your Spotify rap. All right. You can if listen, if for you some can listen reason, to noise right now and nobody will judge you. Dude, I'm exactly. the, next one. Uh, the hit Disney film uh, Zombies, the musical yeah. soundtrack for that on repeat. Yep. You can listen to Tick, Tick, Boom as much as you want. <laughs> Yes, finally, I've been waiting. For some reason, I really, some part of me wonders if Spotify is evil and just says like, this is the purge and you you don't, it's not recorded, but it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like. They could do that. They could. They're a Swedish company. They're notoriously evil. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, those Swedes. Bradley, what's your good or bad idea? Jeez, that was something that I had to think about today. Um, My, I'm just going to wing it. My good idea no hold on give me a second what's happened in my life oh Oh, uh i'll do this my good idea getting a friggin christmas tree so i live not on my own but i live away from home this is like the most remote area that i've lived in in the sense it's like i'm far i'm far away from home in a way um i'm like not at college i like go to work but i live with like two really cool roommates and this is the first time that I've lived somewhere that's not home. And we got a Christmas tree. We went out to a thrift store. They had a fake tree. Hank, I know you said the Hank, the, the, the Hank trees rock, uh, that uh, fake trees rock. Better, we went, better. Yeah, we found one for 30 bucks and you can like tear it apart and everything. Oh, my God. Um, it was, it's seven feet tall. So we got that for 30 bucks. Wow. Went down to Rite Aid. Um, all their Christmas decorations were half off. So I got like lights, some ornaments, uh, like a Christmas tree dress at the bottom for everything for another 30 bucks for like for 60 bucks. We got a full Christmas tree. Plus, I threw in some like holiday cookies and hot cocoa just to get in the mood. Oh, yeah. Discount Chris count, baby. Yeah, that's a a discount Chris count. Y'all, I got a Star Wars set for a major discount. I got it. uh, Lego. Sorry. Uh, It (laughs) was a $70 set. And Walmart, um, you spoiled me. I got it for like $43. Nice. Which, as the resident Lego collector here, makes me incredibly jealous. (laughs) It's just a discount. You you could have gotten that, too. No, actually, I found it had this enormous gash down the front of the box. It was 20% off. And I went to the self-checkout and I was, or or not the self-checkout, the help desk or whatever. And I was like, can I get a discount? And they're allowed to give you 10%. And I was like, can you add it on top of the previous discount and the girl said i don't care and then she did it anyways <laughs> oh so my the best <laughs> kathleen did you check and make sure all the pieces were there yeah if it had the gash i've okay, made cause... sure that all the bags are in there and none of the bags are okay. opened yeah because i've gotten i i've gotten twice this has happened to me um once back in like 20 2009 and then once actually in 2018 um i've gotten sets where like they they look like they're closed, but they'd been expertly resealed and people had removed the minifigures parts from the bags. Damn. Which you got j- jilted in 2009 and you still remember it. Yeah, well, it, I didn't. It was uh, I had I wanted my mom to buy me the uh, the Kai spinner for Ninjago and she came back and it wasn't in there. 
Then you yeah, called Lego. I remember this. I remember this drama. Yeah. You called and you asked for it. Yeah. So please- and then I and then I got the I never got it because they they don't just hand out minifigures because minifigures are highly valuable um, compared to the other stuff. And then I tried to get the Praetorian Guard Battle Pack from Walmart. And I seriously I thought I'd gotten a close set. And I opened it up. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> Damn, Hank, you've had it hard. I have. My life has been so difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had like 0.2 percent of the Lego sets that I bought have been stolen from. <sighs> That's enough to change a man. It is. Yeah. I'm. Mm. That's my Joker moment. Since 2009. <laughs> that happened to my buddy Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got two Lego sets that were uh, lifted from and uh, killed Batman. Speaking of killed Batman, let's kill this episode and uh, <laughs> talk about, <laughs> talk about uh, where we can find each other. So... Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us on the episode. It's been a blast talking to you about dropping cats from a plane, maybe. Um, <laughs> where can we find you on the internet if you want to be found? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kathleen underscore RF. And Hank, where can we find you if you want to be found? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at FarawayBricks. It's my Lego collecting and building page. I am currently in the midst of Vignette Advent, where I'm building a vignette display with each entry in the Lego Star Wars Advent calendar for 2021. Ooh. It's a whole bunch of fun. You can also find my animation work at YouTube.com backslash HankFar. I've got a neat new thing coming out soon, which Ooh. involves an entire overhaul of my animation style. Wow. This looks completely different from anything I've done previously, and it's pretty exciting. So that'll be coming out. He's making Frozen. I'm making Frozen (laughs) 3, and it's going to, like, not have the exact same structure as everything else. It's going to be great. Let's go. You can find me (laughs) at Bradley with a knee on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. uh, Letterboxd Cameo, if you want. You can also go to Brad.rocks and see everything that I've ever done. Um, Shout out. Oh, I'm a shout oh. out. Brad, Bradley's Twitter is fire. His Twitter is Thank you. fire, and he does not get Thank enough you. likes. Oh yeah, I agree with that. It really doesn't. <laughs> I just remembered something I wanted to shout out. Review oh, yeah. my movies on Letterboxd. Yeah, my movies are on Letterboxd now. Give them a five star review. Give them a three star review if you didn't like them. I do want you to be honest. Um, just don't do it on the Beekeeper. I like that one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, shout out to my Twitter. Let me just read one of these tweets and then we can be done. Um, speaking of shout outs, shout out to the minor characters of High School Musical. They can live a relatively normal life, but at any moment, they just post a picture of them in a basketball jersey and break the Internet. Just vibing with immense power. That's yeah. really how it be when you're a musical high schooler. Yeah. All righty. Well, we do have a tradition for how we end these episodes. And I'm going to do it. Are we keeping up with that? I mean, we could change it for season three. (laughs) Golf ball! Are we just going to shout a sport after every episode? Yeah. That's the bit. It's super always funny. You know, bits are good when you feel pain whenever we have to keep it going. (laughs) well, we we're gonna keep Hank it going. Looks so wounded. I just wanna, I just wanna <laughs> share with the class. Hank looks incredibly wounded about this development. But now the bit is that we're gonna keep it going against our will, and I hate it. And that's it. <laughs> and every time every Hank podcast. is sobbing whenever he every has to do it because he knows Bradley hates it, and Bradley hates it, so he is sobbing. 
Yeah, every episode's just gonna end on a sour note. We're just gonna add a little bit of poison to the podcast. Not only will it be an unfunny repetition of a joke that was only marginally funny to begin with, you will know that Bradley hates it, and I'm hurting because Bradley hates it every time we perform it. And on that note, Hank, sign us out. Football! Football!